boy JT, and we are always presented by Dallas Sports Nations and Raven Enterprises. Enhancing your fan sports experience. Coming from the DFW, we have the greatest teams in all of America. We're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Talking about the Texas Rangers, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Dallas Stars. Th- th- that's why we are the Dallas Power Hour. That's right. We got a little bit of everything. We can't think of all of that across Baby Shot B. But no matter what, we continue to put in. Because we love sports, man. I got nothing better to do with my life. Tired of being quarantined. I'm tired of looking at my neighbor going outside, shirtless, every day smoking. I want to talk about sports, man. The world's becoming a dangerous place with all these crazy sickers running around. So we decided to stay in quarantine and just talk about some sports. Literally, they are sickers running around right now. And it sucks. It's like, can y'all sickos please stay inside, quarantine yourself, so we can get some real sports going? Because now, what do we, what, what did we actually do this week? We put something together for all of our fans, all of our listeners. Everybody follows us. Because one of the things that we always get into here as big sports fans that we are, we all love sports. But being a, an athlete for Dallas, you know, Texas overall as a whole is a good sports state. And uh, football is a big, big thing around here. Basketball, everyone loves it. Baseball, you know, hockey kind of thing. But being the best athlete of Dallas is, is a big thing. And so what we decided to do for everybody out here is we made a bracket of the top eight of every uh, sports team that we just mentioned, the Cowboys, the Stars, the Rangers, the Mavericks. And we made this giant bracket because there's no March Madness. So we say we, we decided to do April, I don't know, I don't know enough adjectives of fucking eight. Some consider it called the April bracket, right? <laughs> we did the top eight for each team, and uh, that, that's what's going on right now in our Twitter page. So make sure you go on there and take a vote because we picked the top eight players in each team's history. Well, there's a lot of people that obviously got left out. I mean, there's, you can't put everybody on the list. We're only doing top eight for every team. So while some people may think to themselves, hey, man, why is Deion Sanders not on the Cowboys side of the world? Why aren't some of these people that everybody has grown to love and, and just admittedly watch? Because the Mavericks have a lot of great players as well. The Rangers, I mean, the Pacers, they're beyond belief. And the Stars, I mean, they're still part of that championship. But just honestly, the, I couldn't break this list because – it's just so limited, right? We only did it eight to keep it small, but we're going to figure out one way or another the best athlete of this Dallas city because one thing that, again, we love freaking sports here so much. So if you haven't, again, go to our Twitter. Make sure you vote because our top eight for the Cowboys, it just ended right now. And our Dallas Stars game is going on, but our, our Rangers polls are about to post up. And we're going to decide which athlete is the best athlete in Dallas. And, and that, that doesn't mean just which player just drove by here, had a couple good years, and then disappeared. That person's not a Dallas athlete. We're talking about someone that made a career for themselves playing for one of these teams. Not like Terrell Rose, drove by a couple good years. I mean, thank you very much, man. We appreciate you. But you're not even mentioned in that conversation, man. I'm sorry. Players like that just come in here, did a couple good seasons, and disappeared. Are honestly just as much a person not worthy of being called one of the Dallas best athletes because this list is made up of players that made a name for themselves here in this greatest city in the planet and the history of the universe. And that's why this list is made up. But JT, walk us through a few of these guys and honestly, how do you see this whole thing playing out? You know, th- th- this is a cool bracket. We, we put this together, you know, and then there's on our on our website that we, you know, that we're affiliated with, Dallas Sports Nation, there's a different, there's different sports nations talking about Cowboys Nation, Rangers Nation. Mavs Nation and the uh, Stars Nation, FC Dallas Nation, and all of the everybody's doing a bracket right now, and we kind of took it, you know, 
which kind of took it to a, a smaller scale for each team and pit them against each other for this exact reason. No, we kind of we left FC Dallas out, so all you soccer fans, I apologize in advance, but we have the Mavericks, Rangers, Stars, and the Mavs in this bracket. Like we said, we have the top eight, you know, of players who made some of the biggest impacts on, you know, in their time here. Now say, look, okay, now so, as I guess Allen Iverson's career went on, you can say, oh, well, he played for the Nuggets, but his biggest impact was in Philadelphia. And so you wouldn't consider him a Denver Nugget, you'd consider him a 76er. And same thing with, uh, I guess, Michael Jordan. Nobody consider, considers him a wizard. Nobody considers him a wizard. So he's a bull. He's a bull for life no matter what because why? His, his impact was with the Chicago Bulls. Even though he was one of the greatest of all time to play, he was not one of the greatest all, of all time to play in Washington at the time. Nobody remembers those days. I mean, except the Wizards fans. That, it, it was one of those things, and that's what we really have to take into consideration for this team. A lot of people ask me, what about Jim Jackson? What about, um, uh, I guess, I guess Deion Sanders. Deion, Deion Sanders is another one for the Cowboys we left off the top eight because, yeah, he was here. I mean, huge impact. Don't, don't get me wrong, but what, now we're looking at over 60 years of football for this team and have to, I guess, put together a top eight. And so now Cowboys Nation, we're doing the same thing with the bracket, but we're going to have a large scale. We have about 32 to 64 players. And Deion Sanders is going to be on that list. So look out for that bracket, too. It should be out today, Saturday, or Sunday. And so we're going to get that going as well. So now we're trying to find the best DFW athlete out of this small bracket that we took. So uh, let's give the number one. I'll give you a couple of the seedings just to kind of tease you all out here. So we got Pudge Rodriguez versus Kenny Rogers. Pudge, obviously, 10-time Gold Glove winner. Or 13. I'm not. Oh, my. I just, I just went blank. I just went blank. Pudge is probably the greatest Ranger of all time. No doubt. Nolan Ryan, and, and, you know I have a lot of I have a lot of hate for putting him on the list, and I have a lot of you know I, he's he's the number three seed in this bracket, behind Adrian Beltre, you know in front of Rusty Greer, in front of Juan Gonzalez, Adrian Beltre, and Michael Young, and with one of these, I mean th- with one of these brackets, somebody's gonna get left off. Somebody has to. Somebody's gonna get sad. Somebody's gonna get mad, and then you're gonna have a whole full blown argument on Twitter with some random dude who does Twitter videos, Twitter hitting videos, because he's a guru. Oh, shout out to our boy Jeff Fry and uh, John Moore from Ranger Nation and former Major Leaguer Jeff Fry. They, it, it's going crazy. He, him and this hitting guru, he's he's attacking them on Twitter, I guess. Did you put Jeff Fry on your list for the Rangers? You know what? He's, he's my number nine. He's my number nine, so he just got left out my top eight. So, yeah. Jeff, I apologize, but man, you are the man. Yeah, I don't see him as a Ranger fan. I know he is, I know he is, but he's one of the best uh, gurus, I guess, he's out there. Guru. He's a hidden guru. And so, nonetheless, we have this. And so, we have Mike Madonna in the Stars bracket. And we have, I mean, obviously, Dirk is probably going to win that bracket, no doubt. Because you have guys like, you know, Jacob Barea, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, Michael Finley. And then, over here in the Cowboys, I've got a lot of heat for the Cowboys. Well, somebody's bound to get mad because, obviously, guys like Charles Avery weren't even on this list. Who made a giant impact to the squad and just couldn't cut it because even even Moose, a great fullback, great player, but these certain players that again made a name for themselves as Dallas Cowboys. Again, it's only eight players, and you got to think about it. Which players do you honestly think about when you think of the Dallas Cowboys? Which one of these guys, when you see their face, you think to yourself, that guy was a great Dallas Cowboy? 
Because even though DeMarcus Ware didn't make our list, one of the best athletes that this team has, that this organization has ever had, period. But it's just one of those guys that you have to look at and you think to yourself, man, you know what? That guy is what it means to be at the outside. Jason Witt is probably one of our more better guys on here. I think he's, what, what do you make, the eighth seed on here, the sixth seed, something, something like that? He, he was actually the number five seed. Even better. But Jason Witt is a guy that in most recent memory, he's still playing the game. But Jason Witt is the epitome of what it means to be at the outside. This man just carries himself with such elegance. The man on the field is a true leader, and people just always look to him. Because so that's a walking example of it. So, but okay, but Jason Witt signed with the Raiders. Okay, oh, so man, the, the, not even the Oakland Raiders. Not even the Oakland Raiders. He went to Vegas. I guess he's gonna gamble his career away. Anyway, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jason Witt listens to our podcast, and he texts me every now and then. So, yeah, you too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jason Witt is playing for the Raiders. He might not even make the team, to be honest. He's, he's like he's gonna be a third string tight end or whatever. Because at this stage in his career, he's no longer the the top ten tight end in the league. But since he plays for the Raiders, would he be considered a top Raider of all time? If the Raiders ever have this kind of a bracket for us, no matter what, they cannot consider Jason Witten into their, their uh, bracket over there. Just like you can't consider Terrell Owens into the Bengals organization. You can't put Tom Brady into the greatest Buccaneer of all time. You can't, put, about to play with. you can't put Reggie Wayne in the greatest Patriot of all yeah, time. You, a lot of people forget that Reggie Wayne even was on the team, and he retired after he signed with the Patriots. Yeah, because because he said their playbook and their scheme was too complicated. Coming from a system with Peyton Manning in Indianapolis, Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne's a Hall of Famer too. We know, yeah, that. Yeah. and at that stage in his career, having to relearn a whole new system with another great sport, with probably the greatest quarterback of all yeah. time. Even yeah. though, even though people consider him a cheater, it's one of those things where Reggie Wayne went into town and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So he retired, but. He is not a greatest Patriot of all time. And so that's one of those things in this bracket that we have to take into consideration. Even though uh, if LeBron doesn't bring a, a championship to the Lakers, he'll never be considered one of the greatest Lakers of all time. Though, no matter how hard he tries, he has to win the championships until then. Uh, now after he, he retires as a, a Laker in the conversation, because those guys have people forever that they can name on their record organization. So, again, back to our list. Go check it out. Make sure you put in your votes because, again, yes, you will have guys that you will think to yourself, what are these two quarantine dummies over here thinking to themselves? But, again, it's only eight players. You can't get everybody in there. If you want more, believe me, again, go check out Cowboys Nation. Those guys are going to have the full Dallas Cowboys going out there for you guys. Rangers will have the exact same thing. Saints, the Stars have them going on as we speak. So, believe me, all you guys, you'll be able to vote on those. But we just try to do one for the best of all, uh, all the Dallas athletes. It'll come down to the final four, which will bring us down to our Mount Rushmore, our Dallas Mount Rushmore. And this one right here, this is where it gets crazy because everyone has a, a different thought whenever it comes to mind. Which players are the best four at Dallas athletes to win in the DFW area? So, well, Jason, what, what do you think about those four guys to win? You know, this is one of those things where, you know, your knowledge and, you know, your fandom comes into consideration. It, comes, in, it comes into how long you've been a fan of the sport. Do you have you really, really, really watched the team? And, you know, a lot of, I mean, a lot of casual fans and, you know, even a lot of real sports fans out there. The Mavericks, number one of all time, will obviously, obviously be Dirk Nowitzki. Exactly. Dirk Nowitzki is obviously the greatest Mavericks of all time. And now you can go back to the Dallas Stars. 
same thing. It, you can al- almost guarantee unanimously say that Mike Madonna is the greatest star of all time. And now, the I guess the Mount Rushmore would be you know the stars, Mavericks, Cowboys, and Rangers. And so a lot of casual fans be like, okay, the point for Nolan Ryan as he is the greatest pitcher of all time. All time. Of all time. Nolan, Nolan Ryan is the greatest pitcher of all time. And that, I mean, honestly, there's nobody else in my book that could be better than him. And so, yes, he played for the Rangers, but he also played for the Astros. Yeah. He played for multiple teams. And, you know, whenever the Rangers were, you know, competing in the, I guess, in the, you know, in the World Series, the playoffs back in 2010-2011, Nolan Ryan was in the front office. And no, he didn't win the championship. No, sorry about that, Nolan. No, but you know what? As soon as he left and went to the Astros, all of a sudden now they become good. And maybe they is because they were cheating, but they still won a ring. They still won the World Series, and it's is they will have that will always have the asterisk asterisk next to the championship. And so those asterisks. So I guess for I guess my Mount Rushmore for the Rangers. It would probably have to be Push, and push, then, and push. then a lot of people love Juan Gonzalez, Michael Young. Michael Young played, I mean, his entire career until the very end when he played for the Dodgers and then the Phillies. After it wasn't the same. He's he's not an all time Philly. He's not an all time Dodger because he made his impact with the Rangers. And so I guess my well, my so question for you is Push. For me, it's Push as my I guess my third face on the Mount Rushmore of Dallas sports. But what about you? It's one that's off the wall. I'll be honest. Uh, no, nobody in the mother would pick this guy. Is it Rusty Greer? No, it's not. But I, I'm picking this guy based on the fact that one, he's a one crazy mother. Is it Michael Young? No, no. I, is Michael Young crazy right now? No, he's actually not crazy. It's okay. He looks like a normal sane person. But my guy is, is definitely insane at the moment. I don't know what's going on with his life. But I just remember that four home run game that he had here. It was freaking awesome. I love watching him so much whenever he was in. Texas, God, it was great. But Josh Hamilton to me, that's my guy right there. If I had to choose anyone, it would be this guy because I think he has a completely different, like the head in his voice, I think it's someone completely different. Like when you hear yourself, think right now, as you're listening to this, think to yourself, like just so pick some random sentence and it sounds like he's even in your head, even though you're not talking. When Josh Hamilton does that, I guarantee you, it has to be some crazy person. Like I bet you like Whoopi Goldberg's voice starts speaking. <laughs> like it's something random. It doesn't even make sense. But to me, that's what I picture. And then I just remember Josh Hamilton just being an A1 hitter. Once he got up to bat, I mean, every time. I, I, I could watch him bat at bat literally for days on end, never tear, because I just love watching the man step into the mound. To the plate. Play, man, yeah. Plates. <laughs> God. You see? It, see that Josh that, Hamilton. This that Hamilton. Josh Hamilton's voice is in your head right yeah, now. That's exactly. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> but nonetheless, it, it, you know, Hamilton had that amazing home run derby. Back in uh back in his glory day, I, man, I can't remember the year. I want to say it's 2010 or 2011. It's one of those years. But that home run derby where he dropped 32 in one round, it was amazing. It was freaking epic. It's probably a lot of people consider that to be the greatest home run derby performance of all Ever. time. I also because, remember the, the Cardinals. Remember the World Series when they played these cats? Josh Hamilton just would not let the Texas Rangers stop. As much as we wanted, as much as they wanted, I definitely did not want the Rangers to lose because I believe that one hurt my soul. But Josh Hamilton just would not let us die. I mean, we just kept going extra innings, and Hamilton was just not having none of that. This guy would step up there, and he let everybody and their families have it. So, to me, again, one that's definitely off, out of left field. No one might pick him except me, but Josh Hamilton, even though he's a loon bird, I love you, man. If I could ever meet you, like, I would definitely ask for an autograph, picture, 
I don't even care whose voice you hear personally, but Josh Hamilton, man, I love him. He hears it, which I know he actually listens. He's a family friend of ours. Well, I, I, that, that's what I'm going to start telling everybody. You know, I don't know if he did or not. And you know what? It was actually uh, 2008, and it was 28 first-round home runs. It was 28 first-round home 28, runs. 28. It was 28. I was a little lost, but it's been a minute. But Josh Hamilton back in 2008 in that epic home run derby, everybody remembers it. And that was before the new format came out with the timed around where you still have the 10 out. And, you know, he hit 13 straight. 13, 13 straight on 13 swings. 13 and for 13. 13 for 13. That I mean, it was insane. Probably one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. But, so, Josh Hamilton is your... He, the greatest Ranger in the history of Rangers. Oh, man. There's going to get a lot of people. Oh, yeah. No, believe me. Fight me. Let's go. What's up? I mean, I can't fight, so you'll probably win. But still. It's okay, though. It's okay. So, now, we move on to America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, so wow. Now, now, this is one where a lot of people have... No different varying opinions. Talk, oh, yeah. We got we have the older generation, and I guess I just called y'all old. Um, boomer Sooners. No, no, boomer. no, that's Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. Just Boomers. Just Boomers. <laughs> so you know, a lot of the guys, you know, love Randy White, uh, Cowboy Bob Hayes, Bob Lilly, and you know Ed Tutal Jones back in then, seeing them play in those days. Dorsett, yep. um, Roger oh, Staubach. Gotta go with Captain Comeback. You're right. Captain America, right there, and so. And then you have, you know, the generation before, right before us, you know, that that watched the 90s teams, you know, throughout their primes. You yeah. know, we're talking about Aitman, Emmitt, Michael Irvin, Darren Woodson. Some people have even thrown out Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker is another one. Probably, I mean, top three running back in Cowboys history yeah. of all time. And now, you know, a few years ago, we've seen him try to do MMA, you know, but whatever. That's another story for another day. But... Nonetheless, there's so many di- different opinions, and then you have the new, you know, this recent, you know, the millennials and the Gen Z, the Generation Z, or who are seeing players like Romo, Demarcus Ware, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. Dak, and you know, Dez, and these are some some players, you know, like even Larry Allen going back, and then uh, I guess Tyron Smith is probably one of the best tackles of all time in Cowboys history, yeah. even at just, I mean, just under thirty years old, mm-hmm. and so this is. This is a team with a history that goes longer than, then that goes, I guess, deeper than the Mavericks, deeper yeah. than the Stars. I mean, more historic because the Cowboys have five, you know, Super Bowl championships. Oh, yeah, those that, championships play a big part. And, in and that span over sixty plus years. And so now there's a there's a wider spectrum of players to choose from, depending on who you are, depending on who you watched whenever they were they were great. Yeah, so the one thing about the Dallas Cowboys, like you said, this new generation, we definitely got we got a lot of heat for our bracket because a, a bunch of kids, you know, I wouldn't say kids, but teenagers, maybe guys in their early 20s, stuff like that. These guys, like you said, they grew up watching guys like DeMarco, uh, DeMarcus Ware. Some people want to throw out Ezekiel Elliott already as probably one of the best running backs in the league for ever for the Dallas Cowboys. Des Bryant in his prime, I mean, there's a reason why he leads Dallas Cowboys in history for most touchdowns. So believe me, you, you have an argument there, but... These guys, and, and as much as not to just throw shade at anyone's perspective of things, but no one here was actually around when, well, at least none of us do, when, when Drew Pearson was out there catching balls. Uh, Michael Irvin, I mean, for the most part, I mean, we were fairly young when Michael Irvin was becoming the playmaker and just outballing anyone and their mothers that stepped up to him. So, believe me, this this isn't by far, the, by any means, the most perfect um, bracket for us, but these eight guys are just, you know, the eight ones that we think we try to combine all the different generations, a little bit of everyone. So 
everyone can get their say in and hopefully you guys come out and like I said, help us vote and pick one of these guys. But for me, as for me and myself only, because again, we're doing which one of us has their own favorite per player of that organization specifically. So for the Dallas Cowboys, JC, who do you have as your all-time greatest Dallas Cowboy player in the history of history for the Cowboys? Man, you know, I'm going to choose the all-time leading rusher, Emmitt Smith. Emmitt. Emmitt Smith, number 22, my lucky number. And the reason why I'm choosing him is because he's an all-time leading rusher. Without him, and you know, nowadays we see the running back and the expendability of the of the running back. Talking about Ezekiel Elliott and Le'Veon Bell, they, they they've been given these huge contracts. And another one is David Johnson. He just got traded in the worst trade in my in, in, in my football life for DeAndre Hopkins to the Texans. I mean, and so. Johnson got a contract and he wasn't worth it. He definitely wasn't worth it. And the Cardinals knew it because that's why they traded him. And so the expendability of the running backs has come into light over recent years as we become a more of a passing league. But in before before this before this I guess this generation of football, we've seen a lot of run heavy, a lot of power offense, a lot of I guess sweeps and you know, ISO powers up the middle, and that's whenever running backs like Barry Sanders, uh, Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton, Herschel Walker really shine, you know. A lot of these running backs were leaned on heavily back in the mid-90s, mid-80s, 70s. You didn't see these quarterbacks throwing for 35 touchdowns a season like like it was nothing, like it's normal, because now it is normal for a quarterback to throw anywhere between 25 and 50 touchdowns that we just saw Patrick Mahomes do it. And so, back then, I think Emmitt was more important to his team than Ezekiel Elliott is today. And everybody loves Troy Aikman. Everybody loves Roger Staubach. And so, I guess you could choose Roger Staubach if you want, depending on who you watch. But me, as, I guess, a, just a true Cowboy fan, I'm able to look at all of Cowboys history and just kind of break it all down just a little bit. Just a little bit. And so I think Emmett right now would be on my Mount Rushmore for the Cowboys. So it's for you, it's, it's Doug, Pudge, Mike Madonna, and Emmett Smith, correct? Correct, Amigo. All right, for me, well, we got Talk to me. We got Madonna and Doug, both of us, obviously, because Doug by default, man, I love that guy. Doug Payne, man. And then Mike Madonna, man, thank you for bringing us a championship for the Dallas Stars. We greatly appreciate you, my good sir. Obviously, I already said Josh Hamilton would, again, fight me to do this. But... Now for the Dallas Cowboys, because, man, I love the Dallas Cowboys. More than anything, as much as they let me down, the Cowboys are, are the definition of a team that they they make me understand people that get cheated on, and for some reason that person comes back to that relationship because Dallas always lets me down, but I will never leave you guys. Damn it, I don't know why. So, for me, I watched a ton of Dallas Cowboys football, and believe you me, I, I love them more than you can imagine. So this is actually pretty tough for me because there's, there's been so many players here Watching the Tony Romo era was absolutely phenomenal. This dude came in, broken ribs. Are you saying Romo's on the? No, 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 no. I'm just going through. Uh, through. I'm just <laughs> through. <laughs> these are my honorable mentions because I love Romo, but not at all, my guy. But Romo just a real tough guy, even though he was very injury prone during his time here. But I think he doesn't get enough credit that he that he should because he's a great quarterback. When healthy, it just health never really was his thing and. His fourth quarter stats always got blown up way more than they should because for a, a great amount of time, I mean, he had less interceptions in the fourth quarter than guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, who were at the peak of their their, their prime there. So, believe you me, though, those, those stats, they do get twisted up quite a bit. 
But nonetheless, to me, you know, then there's guys like obviously, you know, the Roger Staubachs of the world, uh, Drew Pearson, Michael Irvin, and and Larry Allen. What a machine, absolute man of a man right there. So, but to me, I'm gonna have to go with and and believe me, it, it was tough by it all means, but I'm gonna go with Troy Aikman, the guy at the gun. Troy Aikman. The, the reason my favorite number in the world is eight are because of two two players, Kobe Bryant for the NBA and Troy Aikman for the Dallas Cowboys. Watching those two guys play and be great at their sports made me love sports as much as I do today. And and I love sports more than, believe me, like I said, more than almost anything right now. It, it keeps me busy, so I'm, I'm super sad that we're in this quarantine. But Troy Aikman was phenomenal leader. I mean, once Jimmy Johnson left, everyone thought to themselves, well, they still got a great team. They'll still be able to win a couple more championships. And instead, they bring in a coach that just honestly couldn't cut it. So a lot of those years that, that it was Troy Aikman carrying the team, his leadership became a, at a much higher level. He had to elevate his game, and he he had, he had to start checking players. So Trayton became became bigger than just a quarterback. I mean, he literally became the Dallas Cowboys to look forward to. He always talked about how he was looked at a lot as the bad guy because he was just getting on to dudes or not doing what they were supposed to do. But that's because Trayton wanted to win. He didn't want he wasn't satisfied with those two championships. He wanted to go out there and show everyone, you know what, man, we're the best. There's nobody better than us. We're going to go out there and absolutely start scuffing these dudes. Anyone that steps up to us, we're going to shove it down their throats and make sure that everyone knows that we are better than them. There's no questions and ifs and or buts, nothing. If this Dallas Cowboys team played anybody, they can pick on anyone. And that was Troy Aikman's mentality. So to me, Troy Aikman joins that Mount Rushmore, and that, that for me are my top four as the Dallas top athletes in the DFW history, man. Thank you so much, guys. You know, I, as much as I love Troy Aikman, I just don't know if I could put him there. Even over Roger Staubach, especially over Emmett. Without Emmett, I'm just saying, Aikman doesn't have his ring. Without Emmett, I mean, hell, the way his the way that line was set up, it's the greatest offensive line in history of Earth. It was, it was very good. Yeah, it was at, a very good old line. At that old line, I mean, believe me, I, I, I could have ran for a thousand yards, man, and I'm nowhere near all Jackson Hill can't say this right there. So there, there you have it. Remember to go on to our Twitter at the Dallas Power Hour. Vote on our polls, you know, for the greatest DFW of all time, DFW athlete of all time. And be sure to check out Cowboys Nation, Rangers Nation, uh, Stars Nation, Mavs Nation. Check on their brackets as well because they're going to have their brackets coming out soon. And then everybody who got mad at us for leaving out, they'll have them on the bracket. So they, they'll, they'll be a little bit more in-depth and, you know, a little bit more thorough than – us and our just top eight per team, yeah. but I mean, just the top eight for yeah. our bad. Exactly, and okay, so now let's transition to the Dallas Cowboys for a minute, and you know, then I'll touch on the Rangers a little bit, and then we'll kind of finish up a little bit. Yeah, but so the Dallas Cowboys just signed Alden Smith to a one-year deal. Like, what was it, four million dollars? It's technically a two million dollar deal, and the other two million are worth are are up in uh, incentives. Incentive. So if he gets seven sacks, I think it is, he gets five hundred k. If he gets ten sacks, it's a, a million. If he's able to get 14 sacks or more, it'll be an extra $2 million. So, Alden Smith, actually, he's actually playing for money. His contract isn't set in stone in which he can just walk in and be like, okay, well, I'm good now, so I got $4 million, I'm good to go. No, man, you only get two, and you got to go earn those other two. And Dallas is honestly banking on the fact that this kid was just phenomenal. Coming out of the gate from the time he was drafted, I mean, this guy was absolutely a sack artist. 14 sacks his rookie year, 19 and a half the next year. Eight and a half his third year. I mean, this guy was just out there bossing people. And those eight and a half sacks, you think to yourself, be like, man, that's not even 10. Well, he only played in 11 games. 
He was almost getting almost one a game, so believe me, Alex Smith was an absolute unblockable force. And he has been out of the league for four years, so that, that'll play, obviously, a big part in it. I don't know if this guy is the kind of guy that he can just wake up and be good at football, but the Dallas Cowboys are obviously willing to risk it to get the biscuit. And even though this guy is <laughs> DUI machine he was in the past, uh, obviously with his his crazy rap sheet that he already has, it, it's been insane for Alden Smith. But this is more of a just a dart. And worst case scenario, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys cut him. It's $2 million. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, $2 million is a lot of money for us because, I mean, we really don't make that kind of money. But to the Dallas Cowboys, they're like, okay, well, we tried it. It didn't work out in our favor. It is what it is. They still have guys like Randy Gregory, hopefully trying to apply to get reinstated. Tyrone Crawford is a decent veteran that they have around. Um, they got Joe Jackson, the, the younger buck. He's, he's starting to come up. Maybe he's coming to his own. And uh, there's that one defensive end. There's, there's another one they drafted a couple years back. I'm definitely banking out on his name. It was before the Joe Jackson draft pick. Well, not, not the same year. It was the year after, before that. And I don't know why I'm blanking out on his name. I'm going to have to look him up. But Dallas has plenty of some young young defensive ends that, and, and you know, this depth on the defensive line in the front seven has really come come to fruition over the off season. And you know, like you said, uh, Joe Jackson, you have Dorian uh, Armstrong. That's what that's what it was. We 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 always talk about him and his. You know, he has a build for it and just hasn't been able to put it together on the field just yet. But it's year three, and this is where you would like to see them really take the next step in the career. But you have. The two newly signed defensive tackles with um, Don, Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. You have D D Law. You have you know you lost Robert Quinn, but then you were I mean you still have Tyrone Tyrone Crawford, brought in Alden Smith, and then Randy Gregory actually reapplied for reinstatement for you know with the NFL. And I could be wrong, but I thought he had already applied for reinstatement. Like I want to say late last year. Last year but, he was supposed to, but for some reason it, it didn't go through the way he wanted it to. Yeah, and so now he officially did. And so if he were to get reinstated, he would get back with the Cowboys. And he's been out of football for at least two years. Yeah. But I mean, rem- remember that one year where he did have six sacks for like I think after he missed four or six games, or yeah. And then and then obviously you know he fell off again and. You know, Randy Gregory is that's more of a mental health issue. And you know, compare a lot of people compare Dave Irving and Randy Gregory and it is really two different mindsets that they have. David Irving was a I'm gonna stick it to you, I don't care what you want, I don't care what your rules are, you know, I'm gonna do what I want and look and so he was suspended from the league and he really didn't care about football. Oh, yeah, he, no, he, he he got through because of his time. That that dude didn't care one bit. At practice he was lazy, every time he just and he was there for the paycheck, and, and that's all it was. And you know, you would think that'd be a good incentive, but as at I guess at a certain point, he just gave up on it. That's and that's that's one of those things where you want to show your kids, look, this is why he's not playing. He had all the talent in the world, but if you do not care, if you just worry about, I guess, talent alone, you will not make it. And you know, it's you have to have the mindset. And Randy Gregory can be a great player. David Irving can be a great player. But the thing about Randy Gregory, he was mentally sick, and I guess he, I guess mentally, depended on the marijuana, and in order for him to, I guess, cope with different things going on in his life, the depression, and that's one thing I guess the Cowboys are willing to look at, you know, for Randy Gregory because he wants to help, he wants to help, and if Gregory can get back to some kind of form, I guess some kind of playing form, how, what kind of impact do you think he could have on the team? I mean, the, the impact of the team will definitely come down to depending on, again, who all makes this team because if, if 
all the cements also is decent enough and makes a run that are coming back to the Dallas Cowboys. Well, actually, it's his first time doing that, but he's coming back to football and he's, we'll say, 60% of what he was. That's still very good for Dallas. And then Randy Gregg is able to come back. Think about this that at one point in time, I would, this is what I would do. I would just complete throw everyone. I would have Tank Lawrence, Gerald McCoy, who's averaged five sacks over the last like seven or eight years. On, on on the inside with him, if I could, I'd put Alden Smith right there with him and Randy Gray on the outside, and I would have four headhunters on third down. If there's ever a third and 12, one of these four guys, I guarantee he's going to go out there and murder you and get paid for it. So it, it'll depend on who's able to come back and actually like be good with the reinstatement. Plus, again, the, the Joe Jackson and Dorian Armstrong are two guys that I'm not ready to write off by any means because I guarantee you that those two guys are thinking to themselves, damn, this, this team... This team thinks that they need help that bad, like that we're not good enough. I guarantee you they're thinking to himself, man, this is going to be the year that one of us has to come out here and show out. Joe Jackson was very good in his time with Miami, and Doran Armstrong has been around for two off-seasons now, entering his third one, and he knows, man, you know what? My time's coming up. They got rid of Taco Charlton after year during his year three, so they, they would have no problem cutting me, so I got to go out there and show something up. And that's where I think Armstrong is going to come in here and throw everyone up. To me, even though it's extremely early, and especially with the pause of all sports, but Dorian Armstrong, to me, is going to be one of the guys to completely blow up onto the scene. And honestly, by the end of the year, everybody will be wanting and saying to themselves, Dorian Armstrong, extend him right now, because if you don't and you keep waiting, this guy's going to blow up. To me, again, Dorian Armstrong is the guy to look for. I think this guy is going to be in for a very big season. And I'm not talking about Robert Quinn big, but big in the, in the sense that this guy is going to become a great rotational player. And maybe in the future you use them as a as a good starter to have. I would love that. It, I mean, this this team has always been able to kind of plug and play defensive linemen, and they really haven't invested too much in it until this year. Until we've seen them go actually go actually out and get Robert Quinn last year with a sixth round pick traded for uh, traded to Miami, and then you know you've seen them bring in. Like uh, Gerald McCoy, Donald Terry Poe, Sign Tank Lawrence, they, they're trying to invest, and you see them trying to, I guess, get better at that point because without pressure, and we've seen it in the 2014 playoffs against Aaron Rodgers, without pressure on the quarterback, without pressure oh, on the quarterback, man. you will not be able to win. He's on one leg. He's on one leg, and he won. And that, and so that that kind of takes me to my next question. If you had to go back and watch one player for one game. Any sport? Any sport. You know, any sport. I, it could be basketball, football, hockey, golf, croquet, cricket, cricket. bowling. Cricket. I know he's good cricket. Why are they good? <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely see where you're going. But one player, any player I want to, but does it have to be a Dallas player? Because right now, the way I'm looking at it, there's tons of sports going around. So what are the actual stipulations? I'll tell you what. Let, let's make it a DFW player. Okay. Okay. Any game. Any 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 game you get to be on, say if it's a basketball game, you're on the court court side seat, court side seat. If it's a Cowboys game, you're on the 50 yard line on the front row, right behind the Cowboys bench. You're able to see, you can choose your seat. If it's a Rams game, you're behind home plate. I mean anywhere. If it's on, if it's at a Stars game, you're behind. You're behind the goal. You're behind the goalie. And it's one of those things you want to. Bring back the best memories of all time. I want to be at the fifty yard line kind of looking. If you want, if you if you I want, where I'm gonna be at, and I can pick the TV to go watch. I would want to be definitely. I'm going. I want to go to a Mavericks game because I want to watch 
live in person, Dirk Nowitzki's last home game that he had. Dirk Nowitzki, again, I, I love my, my two favorite players that got me into football were Kirkman and Kobe Bryant, but my favorite player of all time in any sport history of everness, it'll be Dirk Nowitzki. I, I freaking love the hell out of Dirk Nowitzki. There's if I ever met him, even though he's a billion times richer than I am, I would still ask him to buy him a beer, man. It's just I love Dirk. So if I can be there for his last home game, I'm talking about the last time, even though it's home for like watching him shoot his last shot, get in there once the buzzer hits, game over, everyone's wanting to congratulate him. I would definitely get thrown in jail the next day, but I would run and give him a hug and just thank him so much because that 2011 year where he bought us our championship, I'll never forget, man. I, I was in California at the time because I had just gotten out there after high school. And I got to be out there right after we swept the Lakers in that series. And oh, that's awesome. I was talking trash to every Laker fan. I tell you how much I hate them and uh, Mavericks for life. It was our year. Coincidentally, it was. Then I, I remember Dirk Nowitzki having to fight out that sickness where LeBron and Dwayne Wade was talking smack. So watching Dirk Nowitzki win that title was freaking awesome. And even though those games would be great to watch, I just want to see his last his last shot right there alongside him and just that would be probably one of the most epic moments in life. If I could just go back in time and make that happen. So someone, if you have a time machine, let me know and uh, we'll, we'll make something happen. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, uh, I, I'm going to kind of roll with a similar, uh, I'm the same player, different game. Game four, 2011 NBA Finals, Dirk's flu game. Ooh, okay, Dirk's flu okay. game. And that you, everybody, everybody hated the, the heat, especially with LeBron and D-Wade. That was the first year they were the big three with, uh, them two and then Chris Bosh, you know that team had Ray Allen, all those all those guys. That was a stacked team. That was a, I guess, second super team. I guess you could you could say, I guess, artificial super team. Yeah, because, one of the first superstars. Yeah, yeah. Because Boston was a reason why LeBron ran to Miami, and you know because <laughs> they, we beat them, we beat them, we beat we beat the greatest Miami Heat team of all time. We beat one of them. I was about to say they beat one too. Yeah, they did. But still, nonetheless, nonetheless, Game Four, Dirk was. Dying, Dirk was. I guess he was unable to walk uh, under his own power at some points. He was losing fluids faster than he could. I guess gain fluids. They, 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 he had an IV on before the game. You had LeBron and D Wade on ESPN fake coughing, fake, fake choking, cough, cough. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, y'all are sick to y'all stomach after y'all lost that entire series. Dirk went out there and scored 21 in probably the greatest game of his career that kind of defined his career. Everybody, you know, bashed him for lacking the toughness of an elite player, of a Hall of Fame player. But that game put him on that next level. That I mean, we all knew he was an MVP. We all knew he was going to make the Hall of Fame. But that kind of cemented him as a, the greatest Maverick of all time. All time. Of all time. And now Luca's in the position where he could have a run at dirt. He's gonna have to do a lot more than that. Man, to me, I ain't, I'm gonna lie. Luca, if you bring us five championships, I will only then consider you putting you over Dirk, because nothing, nothing, and I mean nothing, will compare to watching Dirk bring us our very first one. Man, thank you everything again. I, I hope Luca brings us a chance. Honestly, that'd be freaking awesome. But Luca's great, and and I hope he has an awesome career. I'm glad that he got to play with Dirk one year. And but again, just Dirk and whiskey is is something different, man. And the DFW to anyone out here, I know you guys are listening because obviously you are. You're this far in for some reason. <laughs> but the Dallas Sports, man, that, that championship game was just something different. Winning that title meant the world to the Dallas, this DFW spot. 
we were in that area where the Texas Rangers were obviously coming off that loss in, in 2010, and then 2011, as much as it hurt, we wrapped it up again. That one was definitely devastating, but the Dallas Cowboys, but obviously I'm, I'm about as old. Actually, I've been around whenever they won the titles, but still, I mean, it's been about 25 years almost, give or take, since the last time they won anything. So, And the Dallas Stars, I mean, back in the 90s, so no, nobody of this earlier generation have actually witnessed anything great like that. The Dirk and Whiskey, I mean, to us, I know definitely the younger generation, it means literally beyond words. Like, man, Dirk and Whiskey, what that team did, Jason Kidd, the Jeff Terry, J.J. Barea, Sean Marion, great defense, just all these guys, Tyson Chandler. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and list the whole team because it's going to take forever, but overall as a whole, being being able to watch those guys, it, it, it gives us a reason why to actually watch sports, man. Just their success becomes our success, man. We're able to go out there and, Talk trash to everybody and their mothers now. How Dirt and Whiskey has probably the greatest championship run of all time, beating Oklahoma, the Trailblazers, the Lakers, the Lakers coming off back-to-back title wins. That was easily yep. swept them, came off, and, and again KD. They had, they had, they had that team in OKC had three MVPs right there. Not at the time, but they they ended up having James Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook, and KD all on the same team. Still took that L, went on. Face that new LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Le- uh, Chris Bosh team that everyone was hyped about. Talking about they're not going to win one, eight, 50, whatever. Screw those bums. So, again, it, it was just an absolute magical run. Probably the best run that we'll see in our lifetime. And it was just great. Thank you to that Mavericks. You guys are freaking awesome. But, but again, for me, that, that that will be the last dirt game. That will be the one I want to watch. And then, obviously, that flu game. That would be very fun to watch, JoJo. But out of overall, these guys just... Great games all across the board. As a whole, though, like, if you had to pick another sport, okay, we'll, we'll say we'll do one for each sport, okay? We already did a Mavericks one. Just to give a shot to anyone else, we'll, we'll do one more. Pick any other game you want to go to of any one of the other three. Just one last one. Okay, you, uh, I kind of spoke on it earlier. It was a home run derby for Josh Hamilton. Oh, now that you want to talk about it. I want it. I do. If I had to go see anybody, any player, I guess, in a performance anywhere, you know, I mean, that, that's tough, man. That's tough because we've seen all these, I guess, moments. And you want to say, I want to go to the World Series. No, I don't want to go to the World Series. Because if I have to go to the World Series, I'm going to have to relive the loss against the Cardinals oh, and, yes. and then the Giants before that. And it was it was heartbreaking those years. 2011, oh, man, David Freeze will forever be in my S house. He will be ever be on my S list. But Josh Hamilton, you know, before he jumped off the rails, 2008, I mean, I, I would want to go see him in that home run derby. Even though we lost, even though we did lose, it is okay because that, one, that game wasn't the World Series. That wasn't World Series. But that home run derby, just to see hit after hit, bomb after bomb, home run after home run, that would be something to watch. I think that would be my second one that I would want to go to. Watching that be bad, was, I, I can do that forever and, and never flinch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, sports overall, just stick to yourself, man. What's one game that you would rather go watch back? It could be any one, any random performance, because we've had great performances from here, from forever ago, because the Dallas area obviously has great sports from top to bottom. But, I, all right, now we're going to get to our next topic. All right, we already went to our bracket. We already went to what game we want to watch now. But now let's check this out. Even though the Rangers are on pause, there there are so many questions flying around with, Obviously, the season could be canceled for the rest of the year, and honestly, that that would that would hurt because obviously no sports. But the one thing going around is everyone saying that even if the season doesn't play out, these players are also 
that this year will still count towards their eligibility, towards their contract. So the Rangers could be potentially facing some tough losses to free agency next season. A, a few of those, which one of these, which one of those guys do you think will be toughest to beat for the Rangers? You know, we've seen the breakout of Danny Santana last year, and then you've seen the emergence of Mike Miner over the past couple of seasons. Mike Miner's probably been the best bargain deal for the Rangers, I mean, over the past few seasons for John Daniels. And then you have Shinsu Chu coming up for contract. And it's, it's one of those things where you don't want to lose these guys and you wish it wasn't supposed to, I guess, work out this way. This was supposed to be a year where we've seen Corey Kluber team up with Mike Miner, Lance Lynn, and these two other guys, Jordan Lyles and Kyle Gibson, if the Rangers sign. But with Mike Miner, you know, he's expressed that he wants to be in Texas after this season, going on past this season. And so they signed him for about $9 million per season whenever he first got his contract. I think, I think it was 3 for 27 And then Lance Lynn is 3 for 30 So they're about the same, you know, same price range. So Miner, after this, after these past couple of years, his price is going to go up a little bit. And you, you can't blame him because he's still trying to get paid. But he, again, Miner is a little bit older. And... You know, last year, everybody considered him as the best Rangers' best pitcher. And for most of the season, Chu was one of the best pitchers in the American League. You know, he went 14-10, and 10, you know, for the entire season. But before that, he had an ERA under three before the trade deadline talk started. And it, it seemed as though he was, I guess, he got distracted by the trade talks. And you can't you can't blame yourself you can't blame him for that because I mean well, you kind of can yeah, that's, <laughs> can't, a personal that, that's a personal issue right there, but but either way it's like there was a point where he was dominant and nobody could really stop him, but when the trade talks got on and then his value went down a little bit they ended up saying okay well we're gonna keep him, and then you know he picked it back up again his la- let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six out of one, two, three, four, ten. Six out of the last ten games were wins. He went six and four in his last ten games of the season last year. So he finished strong. He had an ERA of three fifty nine, which is still really good. Any pitcher nowadays under ERA of four is really good, especially in a in a in a game where you're seeing forty home runs from multiple players around oh, yeah. around the league. So all right, now like I said, all, all these guys are, are definitely. Names and there's no baseball that year will definitely count. But do you think there's any chance that Mike Miner maybe takes a discount and tells a team, you know what, all right, I didn't play last year, so maybe I can come back for a year, and or, or he just flips and takes the money because there, there's a lot of players that are gonna think to themselves, you know what, man, I gotta think about me, I gotta go out and get the most money. But would sticking around this organization maybe help him out because if he could stay here, he'll be in a very nice rotation. The the Rangers have gone out and. Made some very good pitch uh, pickups, so their their pitching staff looks nicer and nicer as as the season will continue. I mean, there's an article out there that some guys named Joe Carrillo wrote a while back. It's very nice. Who's very, that? I, I don't know, man. That's a cool last name. First of all, Carrillo. I mean, yeah, but Joe, you know, I don't know. It's kind of a sketchy name. <laughs> don't worry, JC. I don't know what that. His name is JT. But again, in that article, I mean, they talk about playing, but how that staff just did a very good job of picking up. Better pitchers, and, and it has the potential to be probably one of the better ones inside the division. So do you think Mike Miner says, you know what, maybe I take less money, come back here and pitch out, pitch with the guys like Lance Lynn and these other new guys that the Rangers have gone out and got, 
just to come out here and maybe make something special happen in what could be a, a very good season for the Rangers. That would be ideal. That would be ideal, and especially if he comes back on a uh, on a deal similar to what you know he just signed. So he's he's 32 right now. His birthday's in December, so he'll be 33 next season. And so you can give him another two or three year deal, and he'll want anywhere from 10 to 15 million easily. And you know he can go out on the market, and you can probably push it between. 15 and 20 million and you can't blame him for trying especially with pitchers getting in the upwards of 20 20 plus million per season and you darvish being one of those you know getting over 20 million as well you're seeing Corey kluber making 17 this year and you know players like garrett cole who went to the yankees for 30 plus million yeah, big money and so uh, he's a left-handed pitcher so he's, he's, he's going to be a commodity for multiple teams and whether he decides to test free agency or you know just stay in-house is going to be the difference between prices because if he does stay in-house and he does say okay look i want to be here you could probably get him from anywhere from 12 to 18 million dollars per season and that's where i see a two-year contract coming in because you don't want to commit to a player that's going to be 33 years old and he may want the security he may want a three-year deal and so they may give give him a three-year deal just you know for the sake of keeping him long term in order to keep this pitching staff together because it can be if Corey Kluber does get back to his former I guess former uh prime he will be able to make it because he's a two-time former Cy Young winner Lance Lynn very good he's better than what we expected him to be yeah. good number two number three number two or number three uh rotation pitcher and so you have Jordan Lyles and Kyle Gibson on the back end which is which is not bad those guys are average you know, maybe at times they can be above average at best. They'll get you a couple they, wins they, a They'll get you. They'll get you at least ten wins on the season. <laughs> and so now you have Mike Miner who's looking at this, this rotation and the potential of this team, and he may say, "Look, a couple of million. I'm still making fifteen million on the year. I'm not gonna miss one million. You know, I want to win a championship. And yeah. ultimately, you would have to think his goal is to win a championship in this in this league." And so I think that would that would be ideal if he took a discount. And I would love it if he took a discount, but can't guarantee it. Yeah, that that'll be a tough one. Again, that's more of a personal thing with depending on what kind of you know again what his goal is to go win a ship somewhere or to come out here and maybe make some money and, and, and try to make something happen for the Rangers. And he came off his first All Star appearance, you know. And so that's another thing. Two hundred plus Ks. Two hundred plus Ks. He did it. And so that's gonna be one of those things where he hit two hundred innings, two hundred strikeouts. And that's definitely a high mark in his career. Even like, it he's never. I mean, I don't. He's never hit 200 strikeouts before. The closest before was 181 back in 2013 with Atlanta. But with he's in Texas now, I think he likes it here. So it would be nice if he stays. It'll be interesting the way they work that. But nonetheless, I mean, this staff with Mike Miner in it will definitely be better. Now on the offensive side of the ball, now a guy like Danny Santana, right? Like you said, we saw him break out last year. It was great to see him just come up and make some things happen. Well, the best season he's had in his entire career, his I think his rookie year, but that's the only one that even compares slightly to him. But now with Danny Santana, if this season ends, the, the year will cancel his contract and he'll become a free agent. Do you think this guy thinks to himself, man, you know what, I had my best year with, De- with Texas, I should definitely come back? Or does he say, you know what, I don't want to be out here battering guys like Bird or even the Odor for this spot. Like, I want to go out to a spot where – I have a better chance of, of playing more games and then maybe earning some more money somewhere else. He has to think he'd be chasing that money. Big money, man. He, we've seen him coming off a, a season where he did break out. Everybody absolutely fell in love with him. And 
I mean, he, he was originally signed to a minor league contract, and nobody expected him to be a true impact player for this team. And he had 81, he had 81 RBIs. And for a player who's never, I guess, started a, a complete season, I mean, over the past six years, he just completely blew that the entire past six years out of the water. Out of the water. Yes, I think only his rookie season. Four years. Over the past four years, yeah. Because he had 81, then in 2017, he had 22. 2016, uh, he had 14. And 2015, he had 21. So over the past three years, he just completely blew it out the water with 81 this year. Then with 28 home runs, 21 stolen bases, he's really proven himself with this team. And I, you know he'll have to want to go get the money. And first, I mean, he'll talk to the Rangers first. He'll be like, hey, look. Want more money? We'll want to resign, and the cat and the Rangers might come up to him first. You never know. This may be the time to get Danny Santana's contract done, and you just have to wonder: Are they willing to commit to a guy who's just had one breakout year? I was with the success he had here, he still has to watch his, his back. The, the Rangers picked up a few guys. Like you said, Bird, Guzman, Odor. I mean, there's just a battle of everyone. It's a Royal Rumble in here. Who's going to start? Who's going to make the most impact? But I don't know about Dan Santana. Does, he doesn't strike me as a guy that wants all that problem, which is why I think he'll end up leaving here. But in the end, if, if he were to stay here, how much of an impact do you think that has towards the next season of the, of the uh, Texas Rangers? Or will there be somebody else that has an even greater impact? Well, if Santana stays here, that'll eliminate them having to, I guess, put pressure on themselves to go out there and find another Danny Santana. They're going out and finding another player to fill his role. And Santana's he's a true utility player. He, he can play infield. He can play outfield. You know, he's gonna he he was penciled in as probably the starting center fielder to begin the season. And then yeah. you know you had other players like Scott Heineman. You know, he was pushing the bubble. He who was going to get some time in the outfield. You had you had Ruby, who is, I guess, battling for his job still, even though he's he's on that contract, making over $12 million a year. And then you have Ronald Guzman, who's battling his spot with Greg Bird, like we were just talking about. And then Todd Frazier at third base, who can also move over to first base. And then you have Isaiah Kiner for Lever, who's another utility player who can play, who can play the infield, any position in the infield, basically. He's, he's proven that he can play third, second base, catcher, and I'm sure he can play first base if he has to, but Santana is one of those players where you would want to keep him because he's able to make the impact for your team in multiple positions, because if you didn't have Santana right now, you'd be scrambling and maybe pushing for a for a center fielder, for a true center fielder, for a pure outfielder, and with him, it gives you the luxury of say, it gives you the chance to take a breath take a step back, be like, look, okay, Santana's good here for right now. Hopefully, he, you know, he's a stopgap for right now if we don't plan on signing him long-term. And then maybe Scott Heineman, who's, a, who's I guess, the closest center fielder we have, you know, in the minor league system. And he's actually on the 40-man roster, but maybe he will, I guess, develop into an outfielder where we don't have to keep Danny Santana. So where, I mean, if Santana wants anywhere from 10 to $20 million, I think the, the Rangers let him walk. I think they will. If he wants, if they can keep him under fifteen per year, they might be able to keep him. But I don't know if they'll be able to. I don't know if they'll want to keep Santana. Like you said, like we were saying, 
even though he had one breakout season, is it a one-time thing, or is he going to be able to continue it? That's the bad part about not being able to have a season right now because there's so many questions. The battles of the gym that we didn't get a chance to see fully in spring camp. I mean, a lot of people, we took those games for granted, those three or four days, man. I, now I even miss that. I can't even read and watch anything. I just miss that nowadays. But nonetheless, I mean, the Texas Rangers, they're, they're going to have tons of questions and until the season actually rolls back around, just like the rest of these teams that the league are on pause. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys are the only ones that it actually looks pretty good. Like maybe they have a very good chance of by August, September, that that time, uh, people might start getting into being able to get back to the stadiums and things like that. But it'll all depend on how the rest of the world shakes up. I mean, like we said at the beginning of the show, be, be a hero, man. Stay at home. Help us out because I, I miss sports. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like I have nothing to watch. Like I'm tired. I just watch everything on Netflix, man. Netflix is I definitely got my eight ninety nine dollars worth of all that stuff. <laughs> but uh even Hulu, like if you pay me, I'm starting to run out of things to watch out there. So for sports overall, just man, there's there's so many things that, that we have going on. Uh, again, if you guys still haven't, don't forget to check out our polls. Go to at Dallas for uh, Power Hour. Hit us up. We got our bracket going on. It'll go on uh, for another couple weeks, uh, maybe a week or so. And then we're also gonna have a, a giveaway right before the draft. So. Make sure you stay tuned for that because the NFL draft is right around the corner, less than three weeks away. The Dallas Cowboys are going to have some new faces in here, some younger cats, maybe some impactful players. We'll see what happens on that day. But don't forget, make sure you tune in. JC, you got anything for the squad? Go Rangers. (laughs) Yeah, man, that that works. Well, again, you know, from us, you know, I'm RDA alongside my boy JC. Together with the Dallas Power Hour presented by Dallas Sports Nations and Wegren Enterprises.